What a wonderful night to share with the people and the town that I love. I have never been happier or prouder to be Seymour Skinner. You're not Seymour Skinner. Skinner. Skinner? I'm Skinner. Seymour? I... Mother. She's my mother. Will someone remove that crazy man, please? No, no, he's... He's not crazy. It's true. I'm... I'm... an imposter. That man is the real Seymour Skinner. Keep looking shocked and move slowly towards the cake. Four-finger discount, dude! Welcome to Four Figure Discount. This week we are here to review The Principal and the Pauper. I am Dando. I am Mitch. Now, many may argue, some have, you know, just torn each other to shreds arguing at the point that this may be the most controversial Simpsons episode of all time. It divided the fan base. There's more negatives than positives when you're talking about this, but I'm just going to say that anyone who says this is a bad episode, you are wrong. It is a good episode. Haven't you said it was a bad episode? I have, and I've awoken. <laughs> I've awoken. But see, this is the thing, right? So, I I remember when I first watched The Principal and the Pauper, I would have been, what, so this aired in, was it 97? So, it would have been 98 aired in Australia. Mm-hmm. We would have been 10. The whole fact that it fucked with the timeline and the character development, whatever, all the all the stuff that people whinge about, didn't bother me as a kid. I didn't care. It no, was of course funny. Not. It was a funny episode. Then, as time went on, I think I was sort of swayed by, you know, the, the outside commentary of it. And I started reading things online. I went, yes. Yes, you're right. I should have been outraged. Yes, this does fuck with things. Like, this is not good. They shouldn't have done this. And I've sort of stayed in that mentality. And I think because of that, I avoided the episode for so, for so long. And then I, I went back into this for the review. And I sort of thought, all right, switch all the negativity off. Go in clean. Just go in pretending like you've never seen it before. And I must say that this was a really, really funny episode that I think people need to just get off their fucking high horse, stop complaining, and just admit the fact that this is an entertaining 22 minutes of television that you're you're doing an injustice to yourself if you avoid it. Look, I feel like people that have a problem with it are a vocal minority, as it always tends to be. Like, uh, 95% of people that watch the show, if not higher, would never have given a shit whatsoever. Uh, There was a comment that we saw on... um, on the Patreon group when we were talking about this saying, who was it? It was recent. Give me one second. Yep. Bailey, Bailey Cashin saying that I never knew it was a bad episode until after I joined Simpsons groups. Like That's a good it's, point. It's yep. only that hardcore subset of Simpsons fans that listen to shows like this, admittedly, so I won't go too hard here, but um, the people that would have joined nohomers.net or like old message forums and that sort of stuff that are essentially the nerds from The Simpsons, like talking about magical xylophones and stuff like that. Like it's, you're just missing the point entirely to get hung up on something like that. Well, I, for the for this podcast now, I look at The Simpsons differently. What I ask myself at the end of every episode is, did that entertain me? And this 
did that in spades. I would say that I was more entertained by this one than a lot of the ones we've inter- uh, reviewed in recent times. It's a it's a really funny episode. It's a yeah. great um, great turn by Martin Sheen as the real um, Seymour Skinner, mm-hmm. and I mean you know how much I love. Skinner in general, so getting virtually an entire episode around him doesn't happen very often, but I always walk away happy when it does. And not only that, does it really skew screw with the continuity all that much? Like, well, here's, the, here's the thing. Bill Oakley has come out and said that this episode should be treated the same as the 130th episode Spectacular one. It's a format-bending uh, episode in itself. It's not actually meant to be treated as canon. Which is why they had the ending at, of this one, where it's just it's sort of wrapping everything up as if to say, "Don't worry about it." But the thing is, the problem the problem I think that they, I, I appreciate they tried something different here, and they were trying to you know just go outside, push the boundaries a bit, which is what the uh, Bill and Josh aimed to do when they were the showrunners of the show. The problem is they didn't quite make it obvious enough that this was supposed to not be treated canon, which is why the people who like to nitpick and critique things treat it as such. If they but- made if they made it more obvious that it wasn't. Then I don't think people would care as much. Not that but they should care in the we, first place, but but what do we know about Skinner that is up to this point that is broken by this episode? The relationship with his with his mother growing is up. something that they we don't know anything about their relationship growing up, do we? We've never seen a flashback of it. Uh, but no, not a flashback. But I haven't hasn't he spoken about it? I don't think so. But even if he had, that could easily just be a lie because he's adapted to the Skinner principle. He's not just going to go, oh, I didn't have a life for 28 years. The way they handled this, I think this was actually handled really well. It was handled beautifully. I'll say that because they gave you a believable and real reason as to why this man, Armin Tamzarian, would actually want to pull such a stunt and pretend to be someone hmm. he's not. Yeah, that flashback. Look, it's It's actually quite heartwarming. And the fact that... and I never picked up on the fact that he says... And I think I think mother knew as well, but you know she just wanted somebody around. She she knew he probably wasn't the son, but she didn't care. You never picked up on the fact that she had to give him directions to his own bedroom. That <laughs> when I was a kid. See, I haven't watched this for a long time, but I because okay, I, I didn't like it. I, every time I'd watch it, it would make me angry. But I always took that as he'd been away for so long, she thought that he'd forgotten where it was. Gotcha. Fair enough. Yeah. Um, but anyway, back to back to my actual point. Like, oh, to my first question. All of the Vietnam flashbacks that we've ever had from Skinner could still be real. There's nothing that this story actually undoes. Like it's people are just way too caught up on that. Like it it all it all either could have happened exactly the way you thought, or he's taken stories that the real Skinner had told him and he's adapted them of his own as anyone who has ever tried to live someone else's life would do. I will say that the flashback in Flying Hellfish does have Sheldon Skinner. Who was a parody of Seymour Skinner? Um, both both Tanzarian and Skinner look vaguely similar. They don't sound the same though. Mm, okay, all right, I'll grant you that one little bit. But that's an old man telling that story, so oh. <laughs> maybe he skewed his own memory based on who Skinner became. A lot of people, a lot of people say that season nine was the beginning of the downfall of the show. They say that you know, and they 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 always highlight this episode as this is when the show first jumped the shark and it was downhill from here. This was the first signs. People forget to realise that this was actually a season 8 episode as a ca- as a holdover. This was meant to air in the same season as some of the incredible episodes like You Only Move Twice and whatnot. This wasn't a season 9 episode. It aired in season 9, but it's actually a season 8 produced episode. So yeah. anyone who says that season 8's an amazing season and then shit cans this one as, oh, season 9's terrible. It's got Principal and the Pauper. Well, fucking, this was meant to be back in that last season. Where all the good episodes were that you guys praise so much. 
yeah, but I mean, if it was in that season, then that doesn't necessarily mean that they would view this episode any better. No, but they, they season nine gets a bad rap, and this one always gets brought up when they say that. They always say yeah. season nine was when the show got shit, Principal and the Pauper. Well, d- well, would they then have said that season eight was when the show got shit because of Principal and the Pauper? Or because it was surrounded by so many... Cause the they, might have, is- they might have said season eight was good apart from Principal and the Pauper and then season nine was terrible. <laughs> so, it, depends yeah. on, it still depends on the ordering date. I don't um, think season nine's bad. I actually really enjoy... I looked at the list. I'm really looking forward to reviewing most of these episodes in season nine. It's, it's a good season. It's it's just not as good. Like, I still stand yeah, by... I, I, my, enjoy, I, enjoy, I enjoy it. That's just that's, me, that's fair, but I, I still just stand by... Like, and I enjoy some of the... Uh, like, most of these episodes I enjoy but they don't reach the same heights that they hit at the beginning of season eight ever again. Like that was, that was a mark that they have never got back to. Yeah. Now I will say that I understand why some people are angry with it. I, I, I get why they think that way. It's just that I think that those people out there, if you're listening, if you're one of those people and you're listening now, take a deep breath, watch the episode as a standalone episode and then ask yourself at the end, was that fun? Forget the fact that it fucks with the timeline. Just forget that for a second. Don't let that bother you. Did you enjoy it? Was it funny? I bet you the answer is yes. Because there are so many funny scenes in this that I actually forgot that were actually in this episode. I'll say my favorite moment now. That scene where they're on their way to Capital City is amazing. Yeah, it's pretty great. That is so funny. Yeah. Yeah, it is. It's, 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 that was close to being my favorite moment as well, actually. It's very funny. We'll, do, we'll read a couple of comments from the patrons, if you would like, just about their yeah. reactions. Yep, so, Cal yep. McDonald. Similar to yourself, um, personally don't have a vendetta against the episode. It's cartoon and cartoons don't usually have continuity, which is an excellent point, by the way. People that go, oh, it's screwed with the timeline. This is a show that doesn't have a timeline. Like, it. anyway, I, I won't get too hung up on the fact that it's a ridiculous argument people make. Uh, but she understands why it pisses off a lot of fans and so on and so forth. Kieran Russell, strange one. The backstory's changed over the years. And at the time, continuity is altered. However, to him, this one feels too far gone. I I read a comment from Michael Boyd, and he said something on the lines of he has great memories of watching this with his dad, and uh, it was a member of his family just come back from the army and was watching it. And this this is someone who, you know, didn't understand the whole canon side of The Simpsons. They were just watching it as a, you know, an entertainment show, and they really enjoyed it, and they they liked the whole, you know, coming back from the army aspect of the real Seymour Skinner and things like that. Mm-hmm. And what Michael's point was that if you just forget the fact that, you know, it does fuck with... Well, like I said, it doesn't actually fuck with the timeline, but if you, if you have that mindset, just forget all that and just watch it as a television show, it's really funny. I really enjoyed it. I think it was one of the better, if not the best, because people say it fucks with character development, right? Because all the character development we've had of the first eight seasons gets thrown down the toilet. I think there's more character development between in the relationship between Agnes and... and and Armin slash Seymour here than we've ever had and ever do get. Mm-hmm. Do you agree? I think this is the first time that we see Agnes actually show love towards Seymour and realize, ah, oh, he's leaving because I've never actually told him how proud I am of him. Yeah. Yeah. No, you're right. They, they do actually, um, I think there's a number of ways that it actually deepens the character of Mrs. Mrs. Both. K's, you know, sadness of that fact that he's leaving. Mm-hmm. This is her one true love, you know, and now yeah. he's leaving because everyone's saying, oh, you're not who we thought we were. We want you gone. Like it's yeah. just, I, When you really think about it, this was beautifully written, this episode. It, it, it has some nice touches. Like it does lean into those moments well, which which gives it yeah, yeah an importance. I, well, I'll 
No, I'll, I'll do it now. I really liked the first few minutes of this episode before the real Principal Skinner shows up, and it's just lovely. It's just nice. Yep. Like, which is important because it needs to be to then set up the juxtaposition of hitting you from nowhere. But I like that it gets three, four minutes in. You don't really know what the storyline's going to be. You just know that it's a big day for Principal Skinner. Presumably, that means something's going to go wrong, but you wouldn't have picked what was going to go wrong. Here's a question. Bill and Josh, they like to push the boundaries. We got the Frank Grimes episode, 22 short films, 138th episode, spectacular, blah, blah, blah. Spin-off showcase. This episode here, push the boundaries, testing the audience. Will they be outraged by this? Was it worth it doing what they did here? Do you think it alienated viewers? No. You don't reckon it did? No. All right. Well, you, you get, continue with your point. I'm going to check the ratings and see if it affected ratings. I really don't think it did. <laughs> um, <laughs> okay. If it did, I think there would have been some contrition on their part for having done it, but they've they, never shown they, well, any. Okay, well, they went from a 14.9 and two weeks later, they were down to a 10. What were they back to afterwards? Keep in mind that this was a season off the back of a season launch. 10, 10, 10, 9, 10, 9, 8, 8, 9, 9, 9. So, 12, 14, and then 10, 9s afterwards. Just looking up season 8. Give me one second. Actually, no, the two Nahasa Pima Pedalons got 19.8. Sorry, I skipped over that. So, that, that's an anomaly. The rest are all eights and nines, essentially. So, Homer's Enemy was 11.8. Simpsons spin-off Showcase was 11.6. And The Secret World Lisa Simpson was 12.7. Yep. So, in context of where they were trending towards the end of Season 8, not as significant a drop-off. I guess this one had a 14.9 because they would have advertised in advance that it's not the real Seymour Skinner, blah, blah, blah. Would have got well, it's, also, bit, bit of a it's also only the second episode of a season. Yeah, but I think this, if you look at the rest, this one had, there was one 12 and the rest were 10s or less. This had 14.9, which is essentially a 15. People were watching to, to find out what the hell is going on here. Like that's, it was a bit of a stunt. Presumably. Depends on the way it was advertised. I, th- I remember the, the, the commercial in Australia had him saying, that man is the real Seymour Skinner. Actually, that's... You know. So, hang on. The season launch, City of New York versus Homer Simpson, only had 10.5. Yeah. And then the week... And then, yeah. And then I'm saying they got 14.9 for this one. So, may- maybe... I guess they didn't actually have a drop-off. They just got more no. viewers for people tuning in to find out how the hell they're handling this. Didn't like it. And then the new, ones that, the new ones that came back to see whether it was any good, didn't like it and they just didn't come back. Yeah, presumably. And it went back to the average 10. Yeah. yeah. But they certainly didn't lose anyone because of this episode. I had it scrolled to the principal and pauper was at the top. <laughs> I didn't see the 10 before it. <laughs> I was going to say, I'm glad I've fact-checked you because you made it sound worse. And I was sitting there going, there is no way that 4 million people <laughs> were that insane. No, but that's... <laughs> no, but the thing is, though, that... That's that means that means the audience. That, that means that because of this, 4.4 million people out there who were Simpsons fans tuned in for this, who didn't tune in the week before, didn't like what they saw, and then within two weeks were all gone again. Or it was more a case of, oh, that's interesting. I'm like, I'm kind of, you know, I haven't been paying much attention, but I'll check that out. Okay, I've checked that out and now I'm done. Because again, like I think there's a tangible thing here that the show had just been on for a long time. People grow up, people start doing other things. It's probably on, if this episode had aired in season four, it wouldn't have any of the backlash. It's purely a timing thing. I think if this one aired during season eight, it wouldn't get as much backlash even. Even one season beforehand, I don't think it would have. No, probably not. It's, but definitely, if you throw it earlier, um, it, it'd be, no one would care. Like, no one cracks the shits that Don Draper wasn't actually Don Draper in Mad Men. 
Like it's you know it's a thing that happens. Ah, it, it's just that'll be the last that I say on it. But there is massive spoiler you've just thrown out there. Oh, season one of a show that's finished. So yeah, if no, you can't no. handle that, plus it is hinted at from like the first episode, yeah. or maybe not the first, it's hinted at from very, very it's early. Like, it's like the third episode that comes out, and it doesn't change the. Yeah, you know where it's going. You yeah. just finally see it happen. That's, yeah. that's all it is. Like I said, I went into this just to see whether it was actually as bad as what I thought, and it's not. I, I mean, if you're listening now and you didn't like it, watch it again with a clear mind because it's really, really funny. There's a lot of character development there. It's a nice story. It's, it's, it, it is a good story. The ending, I will admit, the ending feels a bit like, ugh, to me. I know it's not, I know that's the whole point of it, but still I'm just like, oh, that, I know that. Everyone just comes across like a bit, a bit like dicks. They just strap him to a train and send him away. Like the guy's done nothing wrong. That's the thing. The new Skinner, he's not unlikable. He's actually no. a really nice guy. So yeah. the, what they do to him, what they do to him is quite cruel. It's very Simpsons, very uh, Springfield. Yeah, we should uh, we'll point out maybe not by name, uh, even though obviously well, it's a slightly private group. As a teacher, I say up yours, children, oh, yeah. to myself just about every day when I leave work, which is something I probably shouldn't advertise. I remember that being in the commercial as well. Yeah, that's that's a good line. The only thing is about that scene is why are Bart Milhouse and I think it's Martin or so- someone, one, one of the three. Just hanging out near a storage center. Yeah, in the middle of the night with like a Slurpee in the hands. Yeah, maybe it's between the Quickie Martin home. There's nothing on when he turns about it. They're in the, it's like a paddock. <laughs> yeah, well, they're just they're three kids. Look, this was the 90s, Dando. You're allowed to walk around. From this day forward, your name shall be... New name for the episode. I have a round of a fraud. That's not too bad. Uh, I who uh, who was it? Hen Henrik Henrik Winterland. That's a name that I haven't seen before. Henrik must be relatively new. His alternate Winterland title or Winterland. Winterlind. Winterlind. Okay. Yep. Uh, full leather jacket. That's pretty good. Kristen <laughs> Kristen Nell with the talented Mister Tamzarian. Mm. Neil Parks suddenly not Seymour. Are you reading these out because you didn't think of one yourself? No, I did. I'm just reading theirs first. Okay. Cool. Being a gentleman. Yeah, that's not too bad from Joe Pragnall. The way we wasn't. Is that not being... No, the way we were was done. The way we was. The way we yeah, was. So, yeah, it's a play off yeah, the way we was. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I... My alternate title was Taking the Sheen Off Skinner. Have they ever included a guest's name into the title before? I don't know. But, you know, alternate titles, you can. Yeah. You can do what we want. It's our show, damn it. It's, exactly. It's my rules. Our show, my segment. It's like, doubly my rules. Next question. You there, eating the paste. Trivia. You kick things off. Uh, I most certainly will, Dando. What year was Seymour enlisted in the army? Enlisted? Ooh. I'm going to say 75. No. No, the war was over by then. It was um, 1966. Ah, of course. Yep. What year was the real Skinner put into the camp? Ooh. Uh, let me think about this. 73. 77. Ah, damn. Wait. Really? Yeah, that's why I thought well, it would be a couple of years before that. That's why it's said 75. He said, I've been in a camp since 70. Oh, was it Oh, was it a camp or was it the sweatshop he's been in there since 77? Maybe it was the sweatshop since 77. Maybe it was the sweatshop since 77. Yeah, then maybe yeah. that's it. Yeah, because, yeah. yeah. Anyway, that's 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 fine. Yes. <laughs> Trivia is off to a flying start. <laughs> what uh, what city was that sweatshop in or town? Uh, I don't know. I, I'd be racist for me to try and pronounce it because I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it was Buhan. Buhan, okay. Which is situated where? In what area? Oh, fuck if I know. <laughs> okay. My next question. 
How does Chalmers like to drink his coffee-flavoured beverage? Um, Grey with cremium. That is correct. My final question is, how far away is Capital City from the storage lot? That is my final question. It's 30 um, miles. 30 miles. <laughs> yep, <laughs> yeah, that works. Alrighty, so... Do you want to tell the listeners anything else, Mitch, before we get into our review of Principal and the Pauper? Is there I anything else in your mind that you just want to clear off? Want to vent anything? Well, happy birthday to my mum, who has tried to call me twice since we started recording. Do you want um, to call her up and put her live on the show? No, let's not do that. Happy <laughs> anniversary <laughs> to you and Nicola. Thank you. Uh, for this Six weekend. Years. Yeah, Nicola. which is an amazing effort. And... If you haven't booked a ticket for the Trippier Night and live recording at the Spot of Mellard, please do that because we are well and truly getting close to being sold out. So, if, yeah. you, if you want to come, get on board. It's going to be a hell of a good time. I cannot wait yeah. for it. It's going to be fantastic. But yeah, moshticks.com is where you find the link or just go to our Facebook page and it's the pinned post at the top if you want to get links to the tickets. Yep. And I turned 31 this weekend. Yeah. Uh, was it Saturday or Sunday? Sunday. Sunday. Okay. I was going to give you a happy birthday thing at the end, but I'll do it now. Happy birthday. Thank you. I'm the birthday yes. boy or girl. Yes. And the, it's funny, the patrons, are they're going to chip together. Well, they say they're going to. I'm not sure if they're going to follow through, but they're, de- they're deciding what they're going to buy you for your birthday. There's been a lot of different ideas thrown around. None of them seem... Um, Legit? Possible. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> maybe they'll just... Maybe they'll sing... Maybe someone will sing a, a take on Lisa, it's your birthday, but say, Mitchell, it's your birthday. Or Grinta, it's your birthday. Yeah. I'd prefer it if someone did a happy birthday, Mr. President, for me. What if... I did that for you. That'd be... Like, you've been topless on the page enough of late <laughs> with your diet. <laughs> I don't know that I need to see it again. <laughs> Alrighty, so Principal and the Pauper. The original air date was September 28th, 1997. The couch gag, there's no chalk gag. Uh, the couch gag was the Simpsons uh, dressed as astronauts and they all sit on the couch just as it blasts off into what I would only assume is space. Or would they, would they just hit the roof and pull down? <laughs> But would they, would they pull a uh, a Top Gun, just hit the roof and just dead? Oh, man. You got to let him go, sir. You, you have a go at me for spoiling Mad Men and then you just spoil Goose's Oh, uh, we all... That's, that's, you, that's what, tw- 20, 30 years old, that film now? 87? 32 years old? Yeah, something like that. <laughs> Still burns fresh every day, the memory of losing Goose. Anyway, so... How's the episode kick off, Mitch? I'm nowhere near the same level of Rio as Goose was. Uh, the episode starts with Skinner doing a school inspection. And, it, like, this is just nice little Skinner busy work that I enjoy. Like, it's just the, you know, setting the watch to his own pocket watch. Also, a nice setup of the fact that he has a windable pocket watch that is going to recur, uh, reoccur, uh, reappear a couple of times throughout the episode. Uh, it's one of the mainstays of the whole episode, yeah. Mm. The uh, tuning fork on the fire alarm I really enjoyed. Measuring the distance of the bin from the wall. Just even his little, I, uh, what is it? Uh, just, oh yeah. I've got it going on. I have it going on. I, wrote, <laughs> I, I wish I enjoyed going to work as, this much. Like this guy loves his job. Loves it. Yeah. He takes great pride in what he's doing. Uh, to the point that even Chalmers, the guy who's supposed to be keeping an eye on all this shit, is just sneaking in behind him. And that... Instantly, the rod up that man's butt must have a rod up its butt. Memorable quote. Uh, I don't think I've ever actually used it in real life, but it's one of the more memorable Chalmers quotes for me. Yeah. Chalmers gets some really good lines in this episode. You get some great delivery. I love the cake one. The cake's very good. (laughs) I also really enjoy the teacher's land is for teachers, Willie. How how sad (laughs) is that? Poor Willie. 
And the way the, the delivery in there, it's my anniversary too. Yeah. Get the fuck out. Like, yeah. Poor guy. He gives his heart and soul to this school. <laughs> uh, I, I feel like Willie, well, Willie does get um an episode later on where he gets cleaned up and looked after and becomes a different person. But I feel like the, the treatment of Willie, going back and watching these episodes, doesn't get to me, but it upsets me because the poor guy doesn't really do anything wrong to anyone. And he just gets shit canned time and time again. He's like the millhouse of adults of The Simpsons. Yeah, that's true. I mean, apart from all the time that he spends filming people making out in cars. Oh, that is true. He is rowdy, rowdy peeper. Yeah. 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 Yeah, that is kind of creepy. Anyway, so Miss Hoover then asks uh, for a... A volunteer for an oral presentation. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Uh, Ralph keeps putting his hand up. Thank you, Lisa. No, my name's Ralph. That was actually pretty funny. Ralph's full idiot by this point. But this is the the Ralph that I remember. You know, it's... Because we've been getting it sort of in recent episodes, but he's still sort of been on the line. He's not quite... Dumb, dumb, Ralph, and mm. this is just this is classic Ralph. Uh, Lisa then volunteers to have her and Ralph do it, which which is kind of nice of her. It is nice of her that she doesn't want to upset Ralph. Which what's um what's Miss Hoover say? It's like your funeral or something along those lines. Like yeah, it's yeah, just, yeah, exactly. Yeah, good luck. This will be the death of you. Like, you know, Lisa still likes Ralph from the previous. What is that? The that was the Valentine's one called the the Monster Mash. What's that? I love Lisa. I love Lisa, which so is the, from the, a long time the, ago. Yeah, but and they've had the one where um, Lisa's rival. Like, there's there's been sort of not throwbacks, but just references to the fact that you know Ralph and Lisa are still friends. Mm. Then Bart's making what you think are meatballs of some kind, or rissoles or something. My theory is Skinner likes dog food. Skinner likes dog food. What? <laughs> <laughs> Why are you doing that? Our class is making refreshments for Skinner's party. These are in honor of his army days. And that explains the flags. What about the dog food? My theory is. Skinner likes dog food. Mm, let's bake him a cake. Ooh, a fresh batch of America balls. And that's disgusting. <laughs> but the thing is, the patrons have mentioned this a couple of times. You've said that you would eat dog food. Um, I may have made comment. I'm pretty sure I retracted it very quickly. I don't know whether you did. I think maybe I cut out the fact that you retracted it. <laughs> Son of a bitch. <laughs> uh, well, look, unless three, four, possibly up to 15 patrons uh, come to my house and forcibly tie me down, it ain't going to happen. What if What if they all chipped in 10 bucks? Would you do it for no. 150? No, like there's, no, it's either got to be a million or nothing. I'm not doing something. I'm not debasing myself for the amount of money that I... Like, it's got to be way more than I'm likely to have in my wallet on any given day. Would you like to eat the dog food woofly or kicking and screaming? Oh, kicking and screaming, please. <laughs> <laughs> so, it's silhouette night. It's Friday night at the uh, Skinner household. Seven o'clock Friday night, mother. Time for our weekly silhouette. No! Cutting out your ugly nose gives me a hand cramp. Oh, but you love silhouette night. And then we go through your bird book and make up silly captions. Mother, why are you all dressed up? I'm sick of this house, and I'm sick of you. Tonight, we're going for a drive. What's so special about tonight? Nothing. Now put on your special suit and get in the car. Yes, Mother. I actually got here. This is what the Big Bang Theory now does. They've stolen the whole Agnes screaming from another room. Oh, does it? Okay. Where else have you seen the mother? Where else? Oh, you've never watched Big Bang Theory, have you? So basically, not a, the guy that plays not enough Howard. Of it. I'm not sure. If I've stopped watching it for like season two or three, but... There's a character called Howard, and his mother, you, you never saw her in the first few seasons anyway. You only hear her, and she's constantly screaming, much like Agnes does here, and he would scream back at her and blah, 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 and that's the joke. Well, I watched gotcha. this, and I was like, ah, oh, 
I wonder if that's where they got the idea for it because I can't remember any other show where you just hear the mother screaming from another room like this. Is it? It feels a. It feels a little bit similar to the gag with Wilson and only ever seeing half of his face in Home Improvement. Oh, it's it's, it's the same thing in the nanny. You never saw her dad's face until like the last few episodes. Yeah, Steinbrenner in Seinfeld. Yeah, but uh, it's a nice little pullback of all the different silhouettes on the wall. <laughs> yeah, it is. It's just you know, it's it's nice that they have this little thing they do every Friday. It just it's it's by all means boring, but it's something that they do yeah. together. No, it's cute. It. Actually, it reminds me, there's a Ben Folds song called Fred Jones Part 2, which is really, really beautiful and includes a lyric in there about about that, about um, the guy goes home after losing his job and he's projecting some slides onto a plain white canvas and traces it, fills in with spaces with colours. He turns off the slide, but it doesn't look right. All of these bastards have taken his place. He's forgotten, but not yet gone. I think I've read too much of that. I might actually need to pay a royalty. <laughs> I say read. That was recited. I was like, that but, was bridge and chorus? <laughs> yeah. But the point is, it, it's it's a um, it's an apt like visual metaphor, the silhouette. The fact that he's there, but he's not there. Like, he's, he's only a silhouette of the man, not the actual fully-fledged Seymour Skinner. Wow. That's something that I would have definitely written in my English exam in year 12. Yeah. You know when you, you know when you look for shit that's not really there, but you just make it up. Did you? No, it is there. That's easy. I, I know it's there, but I'm, I'm giving. I'm, I'm, this this is there, but I'm just saying. You know when you uh, oh okay. See, so for example, we did a, a thing on the Matrix, and we had to. I just made up all this shit, and the teacher's like, "Oh yes, well done. That that, that makes a yeah. good point." And I'm like, "This is. I don't actually believe this." I <laughs> wish I could remember the example, but there was a moment that I've uh, where a teacher had either a writer or a director or something like that. And they were like, I really love your use of the color red. Like it was really evocative throughout the story. You're like, what, tell me, um, I, I was reading into that, that that was a real sort of description of the passion and the rage that was going on within the main character. And the writer's like, no, I just needed a color. <laughs> it was yeah. like, like, I, I mean, I didn't deliberately choose red four times. It just kind of worked out that way. That's like when they, they used to ask, Kurt Cobain, for example, about his lyrics, and he's like, I just say words that fit. Like, <laughs> like it's all about the music, not the words. No one gives it, a shit about the words. It'd be great <laughs> if you were talking to Francis Ford Coppola about Godfather and the the symbol, uh, symbolism of the oranges appearing whenever yes. someone dies. It happens just be like, no, I just, my I had a flu, so we needed vitamin C on the set. <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, we get Agnes, she's yelling at... at are we going to call him Seymour? Are we going to call him Seymour and Skinner? Is that how we're going to... different? Are we going to call uh, him Norman for the episode? Let's just keep calling him Skinner. Keep calling him Skinner. But what about the real Skinner? We say real Skinner and Skinner. That'll work. confusing for the listener though, won't it? But he's going to go right back to being Skinner again. Yeah. And at this point, we'll call him Armand when, or Armand when people know he's Armand. Right now, he's just Skinner. Yes. Yeah, so Agnes is yelling at Skinner. She's terrible at hiding. Then they get to the school and the sign almost gives it away. It gives him a slap. Um, there's a surprise party. You're the master of deception. Like <laughs> the complete opposite. But anyway, he's just he's so innocent, poor Skinner. Then we get Lisa and Ruff given their their oral presentation. And it's just it's like you said, it's just nice. These kids, they might give, you know, Skinner shit sometimes, but they all admire him. Yeah. So in nineteen sixty six, a brave young man named Seymour Skinner enlisted and shipped out to Vietnam where he rose to become platoon sergeant. Ralph? Principal Skinner is an old man who lives at the school. Lisa? 
Sergeant Skinner was a hero. He risked capture many times behind enemy lines. Teacher made me go to Principal Skinner's office when I was dirty. And he survived to make it back to Springfield, where he became the fine educator we salute tonight. When I grow up, I want to be a principal or a caterpillar. I love you, Principal Skinner. It's when you get that from the kid's perspective that you really sort of appreciate the character of Skinner. I think the moment, I think one of my favorite moments of Skinner is when he gets fired from the school and then he's at the front and he's just uh, you know, hearing it in his head, all the kids, and he starts crying. Mm. That, to me, might be the defining moment of Skinner, I think. That, for me personally. What about you? Um, that, to me, just encaps- encapsulates the man right there. It's hard to go past that. Oh, hang on. I just realized I didn't do my favorite moment of the episode because you sort of jumped on it early and did yours. Okay. And then well, that was what the was your favorite? Yeah. Um, sorry. And, yeah, I, I don't mean to do that, but just before we... Yeah. Sorry. Anyway, uh, my favorite moment was... I think it's just Homer with Can I See Your Copy of Swank Armin. Yeah, it is like, pretty great. Just how quickly he picks up. He's like, all right, the man wants to be called Armin. I need the copy of Swank in my hands. So it's, just, it's like, no, it's not Seymour Skinner. It's his Armin's apartment, Armin's copy of Swank, Armin's frozen peas. May I see your copy of Swank, Armin? Yes. Yes. <laughs> and back then, you no, know, that was sort of the only place to really see porn. Not everyone had the internet at that point. Or yeah, that's true. Or access to videos. You know? Yeah. Yeah, I still remember when going into my 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 mate's parents' place, uh, parents' room, I should say, opening up her, his dad's side of the wardrobe, and it was just full from bottom to top of just People magazine and Play Ooh. Dude, Playboy. Those beautiful people, people. Yes. Anyway, so getting back to it. So yeah, what's your what's your defining Skinner moment? Um, yeah. Well, I mean, it's really hard to go past Sweet Seymour Sweet Seymour Skinner's badass song. Maybe the one if I could break it down to a sentence. I'm a small man in many ways, Bart. A small, petty man. <laughs> Four months detention. <laughs> it's it's pretty awesome, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> this is the thing. So, when they were writing this, right? Or well, they're coming up with the concept of it. Why do you think they chose Skinner? Do you think they understood how much the audience loved the guy? They, they obviously must have. I, uh, no. what, 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 why, why, why Skinner? Because we know he's been to Vietnam, he's the only person that's been to the war, and the idea of someone coming back from war and taking on another personality is tropey enough that you go, well, what if this happened? Let's make fun of that. Okay, so you think it was always going to be someone coming back from war. You don't think it was the starting with the initial concept of, all right, someone's pretending to be someone else that they're not, and then choosing a character and then coming up with the army story? I think whichever way it happens that it just it works out to be Skinner. Because if you are if you started with, all right, who would choose to be someone who would pretend to be someone that they're not, then Skinner is the most likely because he's been to war. And again, like it's just a thing that that, that plot line has been used before as a device. So it kind of jumps jumps out straight away. school normally serves cake only on Thursdays, and I'm also well aware that today is Friday. Nevertheless, I have a surprise for you. I hope y'all brought forks and plates. Mm-hmm. I do like the image of Wiggum with his fork and cake. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's good that it went to Wickham and not Homer, just because it breaks it up of not always being Homer. I mean, you think it's going to be Homer straight away, don't you? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, here, when you know, Skinner gets buzzed by Bart, it's nice. Uh, Skinner here, he's really having a good time, isn't he? Yeah. He's just yeah. he's enjoying all the praise because he doesn't he he never gets praised by anybody. No, he doesn't. So yeah, it is. And this is what I said. So this is actually the five minute mark of the episode, and so far it's just been nice. Like everyone's just doing good things for Principal Skinner. If anything, it's an episode that makes everyone realize just how great of a guy Skinner is. Yeah. Or Armour Tamsarian is. It, like, include, yeah. I'm meaning the characters because it isn't until he's taken away and goes to another town that they go, ah, oh, wait a minute. We treated like that guy like shit. We really, you know, took him for granted. We need him back. Yeah. Uh, but it's at this moment that the real Principal Skinner, Martin Sheen, President Bartlett walks in and says, you're not Seymour Skinner. And I like that Armin instantly reverts. He's like, <gasps> Skinner. Like, it's yes. just an instant, oh, shit. Like, that's that's him. Uh, this next moment is very similar to eat the pudding, eat the pudding, eat the pudding, eat the pudding. Yeah. Continue looking shocked and look and walk slowly towards the cake. <laughs> <laughs> Come back and the real Skinner is giving what he calls a, a funny story, which isn't very funny at all, but I guess you no. have to be there. It's kind of a funny story, actually. After five years in a secret POW camp, I was sold to China for slave labor. And since 77, I've been making sneakers at gunpoint to sweatshop in... Oh, it was Wuhan. Sorry, not Buhan. Anyway. I was going to say, I thought it started with W. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's not a funny story. <laughs> Just like that being called out. <laughs> I thought, you guess you had to be there. Skinner then, you know, says that his real name is Armin Tamzarian. Mm-hmm. I don't get the whole people going, <gasps> because obviously it's not his real name. Like, they, 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 that's obvious. So, why would they be shocked that he's got a new name? Yeah, that's true. Uh, well, because it's a bit of a, like, it's a really out there name. If you had to have just said, it's, uh, it's, you know, Jack Potts, you're like, okay, well, that works. How are you, Jack? Armin Tanzarian. It's like, oh, it's a dangerous name. Apparently, Armin Tanzarian was the name of a real life person that I think the writer Ken Keeler knew. Yeah, okay, that's cool. Yeah, and um, the guy didn't... I think it was a judge or something, and the, they did not appreciate that he used the name without his permission. Even though it's it's not like he has the rights to the name. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, fair enough. Um, Wuhan, by the way, is the capital of the Hubei pro, uh, province in the People's Republic of China. I wonder if we have any listeners from there. Do you think they would, they would allow them to listen to this podcast? I don't know what they are and aren't allowed to do. So, I, I'm going to guess no. If anyone from the Ministry of... Um, I don't know. Happy, happy fun times and super communism is awesome. Department decided to listen to this podcast. They'd probably put us on the banned list. Actually, they'd probably try to get us into one of those organ harvesting prisons. <laughs> so Skinner then tells his his real backstory, or Armin tells his real backstory, and like I said at the start, this is really believable as to why. He would then, when he get when he gets back and has to tell Agnes the truth, he mm. can't bring himself to do it, because he, he he never had a father, he never had a father figure in his life. The real Skinner was a new father figure. He lost him. He was mourning, and I, I guess by him pretending to be him, he also lives on, in a way. You know what I mean? Mm. Yeah, yeah, of course. It uh, was I a great just... line of, uh, "If I hadn't known there was a war going on." I probably would have apologized. I probably would have apologized. <laughs> <laughs> I love the image of Skinner or Armand, just combing his hair, the 
Comb gets shot. And he just pulls a switchblade on the troops. Yeah. Who wants a piece of me? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I love the animation of just when he says the word apologize. It sort of goes black and white for a second. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Yeah, it looks with really good. Black and white with the color of explosions in the background. Yeah. Even the kind of purpley, purple hue of the sky in Nam itself after that is pretty cool as well. And watching this flashback, it's really hard not to like the real Seymour Skinner, isn't it? He seems like a, a uh, maybe like the war broke him. He became very wooden, and you know, because he's not a bad person by any means in present time. He's just very straight laced and kind of dull. Well, he's, but back yeah, then he's, he's just, just dull you know, and he, military. He was full of good intentions, though. You know what I mean? Hmm. Yeah. Well, there's nothing corny about fresh faced youngsters skipping school, scraping knees, and spelling bees, and pies cooling softly on the windowsill. Like he's just a real American. Yeah, like he's straight out of that a picturesque American postcard kind of setting. Uh, okay, who wants a piece of me? You trying to get yourself killed, Tanzarian? You've got your whole life ahead of you. Don't you have any dreams? My dreams all involve combing my hair. Oh, gosh, son. Everybody's got dreams. I come from a town called Springfield. And my dream is to go back and become principal of the elementary school. Some people might call that a pretty corny dream, <laughs> Sergeant. Well, there's nothing corny about fresh-faced youngsters skipping to school, scraping knees and spelling bees and pies cooling softly on the windowsill. <laughs> well, sir, if that's corny, then corn me up. Sergeant Skinner took me under his wing and showed me that life is worth living. I came to think of him as big brother I never had. Made me believe I might have a future after all. And when they told us he was missing, presumed dead, my future died once again. My life lost all meaning. It's a really good line reading when he says, uh, when they told us he was missing, presumed dead, my future died once again. And my life lost all meaning. Like, it's a really... That's one of the things, as you said, it just helps plant the forgiveness that's necessary to not go, oh, this guy is a dick. That, Which actually makes it a bit rude when Marge turns on him later on. And I'll I'll talk about that when we get to that. Yeah, I didn't like that. that. I felt it wasn't... It didn't fit the character of Marge to do that. No. No, it does. But even beyond who it was. When, when we get to that scene. Yeah. yeah. Um, I like Bart just trying to hurry it along. Like, come on, get to the part where you steal his identity. I'm trying yeah, to yeah, explain just, how emotionally just... fragile I was. Oh, it's one of those stories. Like, that, that's a very kid thing. He just wants to know the how. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's, most viewers would have been like that too. Like, most viewers tuning in would have been like, just tell us how and why this happened. Yeah. So, yeah, we find out why. So, he arrives back at Agnes's house and as we mentioned, the, the fact that he even he knew that Agnes... A small part of me thinks that she even knew as well, but she just she liked the idea of finally having not someone to boss around again, but just having company again. She was a lonely old woman. Yeah, and it's a nice bit of animation as well that you sort of see it tick over in her face. It's it's just good illustrations of the acting. <clears throat> Hello, I'm uh, I'm Seymour. Is that you? I don't know why I did what I did. I guess I couldn't bear to tell her about her son. What I did was wrong, but I'd do it again. Yes, Mother, it's me! You look different somehow. 
But you must be Seymour. Yes, you are Seymour. As strange as it sounds, deep down I think she knew I wasn't her son, but the lie made us both happier than the truth ever could have. You can have some lima beans as soon as you've cleaned your room. Go! Upstairs, third door on the left. Don't walk on the rugs! Yes, mother. Cut to the real time and Agnes is angry about the whole thing. So this is this is where I got a bit confused. So did she know or did she like did she know at first and then over time she's just, you know, bought into it so much that she forgot that she knows instantly. She's just lying to herself. Yeah, because she she just doesn't want to talk to either of them, but I'm just like, I don't know. What what did what did see if you knew that he wasn't really your son, why are you all of a sudden angry at him and calling him a fraud? Um because that's, that's what she, I mean. Like she, you you because knew Because she's fraud. convinced herself. Uh, well, that's what I was about to say, and then you said, that, "Well, she knows she was just." I was going to say, "Has she just bought into it so much that the fact yeah. that she's sort of forgotten that it was a that he was a fraud?" She's she's been telling that lie to herself, and it's also you take your anger out on him, so that way you don't need to acknowledge the fact that you had anything to do with it. Mm. But it, it does make sense that you know she isn't comfortable with the situation. Uh, Chalmers then lets Armin sleep in his office for the night. Bart is then sent to Armin's office for forging a uh, signature. This is the other thing. I don't think, because of all the, the episodes we've had in the past, all the stories with Bart and uh, Skinner, I don't think it fits the character of Bart to be so anti-Armin at this point. I think that's just Bart trying to get like, out of it, I feel like though. Bart should have been the one that should have been su- more supportive. No, but it's, it's even later in the episode. Well, where he, like Lisa's actually trying to defend him, and Bart's just like, he used the guy, he, you know, he pretended to be some other guy. Why should we like him? Yeah. You know what Bart, what Bart is doing there, though, is pretty much what you're doing or what you did with this episode. He's just heard other people's opinions and gone, oh, well, that seems to be the group majority. I guess that's what I believe too. Mm, I, I just, I don't know. I feel like, I just feel like it just didn't, for me, Bart wasn't the right choice to be doing it. I, I get what you're saying. I just think oh, Bart should have been the supportive one. It's just it's just because that's what we've got in the past. But mm, in saying that, the, the argument that the people that made the show always say that people don't like change, I guess it's a bit different anyway, but... Moving along. I just I just took it as Bart was ambivalent about it. He doesn't really care. In this scene anyway, he just wants to get out of trouble. So uh yeah, so he's forged it. Doesn't take him seriously at all. Uh then Skinner goes to the quickie mart now, your Marge scene. Uh, let's discuss. Yeah. So Apu's not too bad, but where he says my my name may have changed, but I'm still the same man I was last week. Not to us you're not. How would you feel if you suddenly found well actually, I'll get to the fact that if this is actually also very close to being my favourite moment. But the idea of this I really could not care less. Like, if I found out that you were actually Hector Miguel Ramos and, like, you you know, you changed your name four years ago and you've been in witness relocation, yeah, whatever, you're Dando. Like, I don't give a shit. Like, if I found out that Ash was actually someone else, I really wouldn't care. Like, what, what possible difference does it make to the person that you know? Like Skinner hasn't actually like murdered somebody on the run or anything. No, yeah, he's not a criminal. He just took someone else's name and tried to make a better life for himself. And and that and the fact that like he had good intentions with doing it. It wasn't like he was doing it for evil purposes or anything. No, no, he tried to make an old lady happy and get his life on track. Yep, yep. that is the only thing that he did. Now the uh, the bit that I loved. How would you? Uh, f- this was great. How would you feel if you suddenly found out Ned Flanders was an imposter? Who's Ned Flanders? <laughs> That's so that good, so fantastic. In that, and it's not about the fact that it's Ned, but it's just that that helps really sell the town. That now, 
yeah, they've all been in the same spots a lot. But the fact that, well, no, in, in any town, not everyone knows everyone. The fact that he's just fresh-aired it is amazing. The religious guy. Oh, you mean Re- Le- Reverend Lovejoy? Yes. Well, he he know he would know who he was because he was there helping build the house for him and everything. So yeah, fair like, point. It works for the joke, but yeah, I I I yeah. did get a good laugh out of it. But the, 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 for those that want to nitpick, they could say, oh well, if you go to episode four three oh two or whatever, that he does, you know, yeah, talk to him could. at this point. And, but it's uh yeah, it's just just very very funny. Yeah, like you said, that it, it, why why would he know him? You know, it's it's. Yeah. I don't know everyone in Geelong. <laughs> yeah, to us he's such a pivotal, pivotal character, but yeah, to someone that has nothing to do with him in his life, <laughs> who? But uh, so yeah, so uh, Skinner's at the point now where he's he has no reason to stick around anymore. Everyone's treating him badly. Well, not everyone. Mrs. K wants him to stay, and Agnes is sort of. You can tell that she wants him to stay, but she's too proud to say it. I guess. Yeah, I think that is the case that she's, again, to ask him to stay would be to kind of admit guilt herself. Yeah, that's true. In an, to an extent. Skinner announces his retirement at the school. This is a very similar scene to when George Bush arrives and it takes the crowd a moment to realise what's going on. Yeah, yep. Um, and then Chalmers just gives the job to Skinner. The justification is pretty hilarious. <laughs> it's been my, long, my lifelong ambition. <laughs> and if a man pretending to me could could do it then logically the real me must be far more qualified good enough good enough worth <laughs> me <laughs> Chalmers cannot be bothered with his job and I love no, it not at all but it is Armin Tamsarian's reign of terror is <laughs> over how good is that <laughs> <laughs> and if they drew like Armin's face at that point like oh really what I didn't do anything wrong but it's so sad yep. how they just immediately shut him out you know he, he gave his like, like yeah. we saw at the start he gave his life and soul to that position that job and oh that's not your real name alright get out we're done. We get the farewell scene. So Skinner, after this, is packing his gear and handing over a life, basically. Like, I wrote down that he's giving over the keys to the life of Seymour Skinner. Yep. Uh, some personal items. You re- belong to the Radio Shack Battery Club, which is such a perfect thing that Tanzarian slash Skinner would have joined. Mm-hmm. Ten Canadian dollars, a souvenir from your trip to upstate New York. <laughs> and then, you've led quite a life, Tanzarian. <laughs> it's... Uh, so good uh, but even this it's very sincere like there's no bitterness between the two of them which I enjoy like the two men like Skinner himself understands the motivations and Tamzarian is like well it's not my life so I'd have no real claim to this even though you could almost argue that he does but he just instantly goes to no no I did the wrong thing the real man is back it's time for me to move on and the, the real Skinner is a nice guy yeah and he of course passes off the passes back the pocket watch with mother's pictures still inside. Even this line of "I'll wind her every day," like it's just a beautiful little thing. It's like this all means something. Now I this is my English year twelve coming out in me, right? But I saw this as a way of saying that because it's sort of foreboding that he the real Skinner doesn't really have that much respect for Agnes, right? So mm-hmm. I feel like the real Skinner respected the watch more than the mother. So he says it's still got mother's picture inside make sure you take good care of her and he says I'll wind her every day I took that as mm-hmm. Skinner saying look after mum and he said he has taken it as I'll look after the watch I'll look after the watch yeah definitely I don't know maybe I'm looking too much into it but <laughs> no no you're not I think that's that's very very much what's been happening uh, you could also if you really want to stretch it the choice of words I'll wind her every day obviously you do have to wind a watch but he also winds up Agnes yep. every time they communicate yeah. he's, um, he's not a very good s- 
not so much he's not a very good he's not a bad son at all he's a grown man but Agnes is just so used yeah, to being able exactly. to control Seymour yeah now. you know like the, the where have you been a bar I don't know what that is <laughs> how good is that but even did you hear the um the little sigh as Armin leaves from from Agnes yeah just it's very subtle but yeah um says his goodbye mm. to Mrs K this is pretty sad as well she begs this she begs him to stay but sad but it's also funny this is such a great line from Skinner. Was it? I know we're planning to see a film tonight, but instead I'm leaving town forever. Mrs. K pleads with him to stay. It's like, uh, that's the kind of talk that makes me want to marry you. But instead I'm leaving town forever. (laughs) 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 Mrs. K's little, oh. Yeah, she she, she can't catch a break, can she? Poor poor Mrs. K. She she eventually gets her man, though. It all works out in the end. But uh, he goes to his storage shed for his bike. Principal Skinner? Up yours, children. Very iconic line, that up yours, children. And it's one that, mm. like you said, the teacher, we won't name the names, the teacher in our Patreon group uses quite often. It's a quote that you can use probably nearly every day in your life if you deal with kids. Or even just walk through a town and see some kids. Yeah. <laughs> just walk up to children and scream, yeah. up yours, children. Yeah. Yeah. Because you can guarantee at some point kids are being shit. At oh. some stage in a day, every kid deserves to be told up yours. Yes. It might be something small. It might just be leaving a towel on the ground. It might I still be, do that. <laughs> yeah. It might be peeling off the lid of a yogurt container and sitting the the lid peel on face the down. bench where the yogurt will eventually curl up. Like the the lid peels up, the yogurt gets face down, and you get dry, smelly yogurt on your bench. Could be something as simple as that. Could be the best behaved kid in the world, but at some point they will fuck something up within a twenty four hour period. You know what? Someone did at my place on the weekend. I don't know why it irked me so much, but it just did. I had some Pepsi Max cans in the fridge, right? They said, oh, can I get a mm. can of Pepsi Max? They drink about a quarter of the can and then go, oh, it's a bit warm. I'm going to put it in the fridge, right? And mm. so it's going flat in the fridge. And then they go and get another one, a, a fresh one. A fresh can? A fresh can. I ended up finding three opened half-drunk cans of Pepsi Max in my fridge once he'd left. How old was this person? 30. 30? What maniac have you let into the house? He wasn't my mate. He was a mate of one of Nicholas... He was the boyfriend of one of Nicholas' friends. So he just he would drink half of it, realise, oh, this has gone a bit warm, put it in the fridge like it's no big deal, and then sneak off and get another one. Is this a friend that I know? No, I couldn't No. Be. <laughs> Sorry. It just occurred to me that the only one that I know is now single. <laughs> um, well, that is shit behaviour and... Uh, I I honestly can't unless he's got some sort of brain condition and has a short term memory thing and doesn't know that he had the Pepsi there. I don't think so. This guy's a police officer. Really? Yeah. I mean, that's like the equivalent of going stealing. <laughs> well, I, I was going to say it's like I'll come around to your house. We're going to have pizza. Yeah, pizza. All right, pizza sounds good. And then he grabs a slice and then he eats like three mouthfuls and goes, mm, "Pizza's getting a bit cold. Let's order another one." <laughs> <laughs> the f- on my credit card <laughs> yeah <laughs> but I just heard you talking about people doing stupid things and shit behaviour and I just it irked me and Nick was like oh it's not that big of a deal it's just Pepsi Max I was like it, it's the principle drink your fucking can and then get a new one don't half drink yeah, a can I mean, <laughs> it's three Pepsi Max cans that's like I don't know probably the best part of $2.10 in value that's gone yeah but it's also that you've like you've got to tip it down the drain. It's a, but but it's also just bafflingly oh, you know psychotic behaviour. The other thing, the other thing. He, 
He got through four, actually, because you know what he did? He put a can that still had like a good you know, third of a can directly into the bin. So the what? fucking bin, the bin leaked. So we had Pepsi Max all over the floor. I said to Nicola, How the f- why is there Pepsi all over the fucking floor? Did you spill one? She goes, no, I didn't spill it. What happened? He, he just put it in the bin. Okay, so this guy's on waters only the next time he comes around. He doesn't deserve <laughs> soft drink. He ain't coming back, mate. <laughs> I couldn't believe it. There was just Pepsi everywhere. I could not work out where it was coming from. But yeah, I realized it was leaking from the bin. Douche, Terrible. Douchebag of the week. <laughs> anyway, uh, Kemp Brockman is recapping the story after this just about basically everything that happened. Is it funny like now to recap our story in its entirety? It's just a fun, a way to poke fun at the fact of like, why is it that whenever Kemp Brockman is on the news, it happens to be at the exact right moment where he talks about everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's basically, this is the... You know, if people are just tuning in, just reminding you, this is what's going down so far in the episode. Then they played the wrong image. This has happened before. It's always funny, though. Idiots. This, yeah. Bro- Brockman, I reckon, is you as a news reporter. Uh, yeah, I think it would be. If shit went down, just idiots. Idiots. <laughs> yeah. Imbeciles. Blithering fools. Yeah, that'd be pretty great. It cuts to the speech. And this is, this is great. Thank you. Thank you. I must say, in many ways, Springfield really beats the old slave labor camp. This is where Lisa starts defending him. Um, And then everyone's sort of... Everyone's anti-Armin, but Lisa seems to be the only one pro-Armin. Yeah. And it's not until Marge talks to Mrs. K and and Agnes in the supermarket that she realizes, oh, wait a minute. Yeah, he he was a good guy and he did have a positive impact on a lot of people. We probably should try and get Mm. him back. Yeah, that's true. I do like the... um the takedown of Shakespeare here, by the way. You lied about his name. His name doesn't matter. A rose by any other name would smell as sweet. Not if you called him stench blossoms. Or crap weeds. Not sure I'd take out a dozen crap weeds for Valentine's Day. I'd rather have candy. Not if they were called scum drops. Chalmers then intros the new Skinner to the class. Mm-hmm. This America You're So Fine, I didn't know it was in this episode. I think it's hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> I thought um, it was in the episode where, the, where Springfield gets the Olympics. Ah, uh, right. fucks it up. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Skinner does not. I like his... Well, that's very concise. Yeah, he doesn't <laughs> even get angry. He does a little bit, but not outwardly. Like, no, he internalizes no. a lot of that, swallows it. He's more disappointed everything than everything I suffered for. And um, he asked Mrs. K to get something for him because, you know, she's the woman. That's her job. <laughs> no, that's, that's not what that joke is. Oh, um, it's not? What is it then? Well, what he says was, take a seat, Junior, and listen to someone who gave their youth in service of their country. Mrs. Crabapple, the pledge, please. So, it's the joke is basically that you expect it to be him, but then he's he's saying that she's the one that's given up her youth. That's why she takes that so harshly. Now take a seat, Junior, and listen to someone who gave their youth in service of their country. Mrs. Crabapple, the pledge, please. You haven't dealt with women for a long time, have you, Sergeant? Are you asking me out? That's probably um, Martin Sheen's main zinger from this episode. Uh, he's got a couple, I'm pretty sure. Couple, but are you asking me out? Yeah. Very well. Armin is then in Capital City and he gets a job mm-hmm. at the Topless Nudes. Yep. Uh, They're not even wearing a smile. Nod suggestively. Ter- terrible delivery, but just classics. <laughs> this is classic Skinner. Yeah, it's great. Uh, back at... Back in Springfield, we get uh, Seymour coming home, and this is what we're talking about before. Seven thirty comes home. Where were you? I was at a bar. I don't know what that is, but on Fridays you come straight home after school. I like after these, school. Yeah, I really just came. To, 
Yeah, I really just came to change into a turtleneck. By the way, I'm borrowing your car. Ba, 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 ba. Agnes is livid. Mm-hmm. <laughs> when really, the guy's done nothing wrong. No, of course The not. guy it's has just... every right to want to go enjoy a beverage or two. He's been fucking in a camp for the last 30 years or 20 yeah, years. Ex- exactly. <laughs> we then get the scene in the 10 items or less lane, which I've noticed is... That's a little throwback because I'm pretty sure it's like 14 items or less now. Every... um. Every few years, supermarkets just let out the minimum items for the express lane. Is it 14 now? Okay. Yeah. I thought it was 10 now. Okay. I, I just go through the self-serve now, which is, when you think about it, the self-serve is really putting someone out of a job, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, pretty much. I, I try not to use self-serve wherever possible. Yeah. So, the supermarket scene, they're just pretty much as Agnes and Mrs. K ranting about the new skinner, how you know he's a big weenie. He was our weenie. That's a... That's, <laughs> that sums it up. You know, he was he's a weenie, but that's why we love him. He's our weenie. And Marge points out to Agnes, you know, you say all these things. You know, he was, he was a, a guy you'd be proud to call your son and how much you love him, but you never actually told him that. And yeah. she realizes, oh, wait a minute, you're right. So Marge comes up with the idea, and this is my favorite scene. I think this is one of the best scenes we've had in a while. Okay, once more, where are we going? The capital city. Why are you and the old lady in the car? We're going to talk Armin Tamsarian into coming back. Why is Marge here? I came up with the idea. And why am I here? Because the streets of Capital City are no place for three unescorted ladies. Why are the kids here? Because we couldn't find Grandpa to sit for them. Why is Grandpa here? Because Jasper didn't want to come by himself. It's silly, but it's brilliant silly. (laughs) Why is Grandpa here? Because Jasper didn't want to come by himself. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I love that when they arrive back in Springfield, Jasper, you can see him in the back of the car still. They still made sure that yeah. they drew him in there. <laughs> yeah. Was was Jasper in the room, in Armin's room? No. Oh, hang on. I've got Frankie. Yes, he is in the background. Oh, there good. Go. I like that. Yeah. Appreciate it. So, yeah. So, they visit the apartment and then we get the, the copy of Swank scene, like you mentioned. Uh, and he's just, he's content. You know, he's just like, no, I don't want to come back. And it's just, it's more self-pity, I guess. You know, he just he just wants to... A little bit. He doesn't seem happy where he is, but he's just slipping into it. Yeah. And Agnes just pulls out old school Agnes and yells at him. What she does here, she yells at him, but she's also saying to him, you know, he's not my son. You're my son. You know, I've raised mm. you for 26 years. Get in the car. And he's just like, yes, mother. Like, it's just... He needed that wake-up call. But by yelling at him like that, she also said to him, I fucking love you. Now just shut up and get in the car. Well, it's also, she points out that the other Skinner doesn't need her. Like, yes. he, he's quite capable of living a life without her, whereas Tamsarian isn't. Yeah. And I, I like that you're my real son, you know. Mm. Uh, so, they arrive back, and just in classic Simpsons style, Homer just honks the horn, and all of a sudden, the entire town is in the one location. Yeah. Homer says, you know, well, why, why can't we have him back? His mum doesn't care. We don't care. And that's pretty much what, for me, that's the writer's way of saying, Audience members, hey, you shouldn't give a shit because none of the characters do. and We don't. Don't worry about it. He's going to be the same old Skinner like you always remembered him being. Yeah. The real Skinner then points out the one flaw in all this excitement about the yes. fact that he still exists. Yes. He's a real person who you know gave a good majority of his life for this country. Hmm. And you can't just shut him out because you know you like this other guy better. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Skinner points that out oh, Sorry, Tamsarian agrees He's like, well, you're right I don't see a way out of this And then Homer comes in If you allow me I have a solution that'll satisfy the town And let Sergeant Skinner keep his dignity Cut to Tied to a chair On a train But I'm a hero But I'm a hero 
And we salute you for it. Now don't come back. I'm sorry, Seymour. It's nice you're alive, but you're just not what I'm looking for in a son. I'm glad you understand. It's just, like I said, it's just a bit, a bit harsh because the poor guy's done nothing wrong. Uh, no, it's a lot harsh. It's it's really over the top harsh, which is yeah. what I enjoy about it. Yeah. And Judge Snyder comes in with the whole, and everyone seems to point this out as, as to, this is the writers, you know, they're clearly out of ideas. They they wrote themselves into a hole. No, they, they didn't write themselves into a hole. They knew where they were going. This this The way this ended was exactly how they always intended it to end. Yeah, exactly. And yeah, like they reset the loop at the very end of it. Like Judge Snyder is literally looking down the camera, telling you none of this will ever be mentioned again. Yeah, and even uh, even Skinner tries to say, you know, you're going to see a different Skinner. No, you're not. Yes, mother. This is a way of saying no. He is going to. And a lot of people keep saying. I keep reading. They keep saying the whole episode was you know mute and pointless because it just goes back to being the same at the end. But doesn't every Simpsons episode? Yes. Yeah, it does. Like, there are very, very occasional moments where they change something permanently. But no, it just it just resets. The Simpsons flying back to America from Australia on a helicopter. That yeah. can't happen. What happened with the koala? Yeah. That, why don't we ever see the koala again? You know, yeah. what, what, it's, I don't know. There's, I think this, this episode's just become... It's become an easy target. Because, because so many people shit on it, it just and I got swept up in it as well. It's just it's just become easy to point this out as you know this is the downfall. For me, if I'm really going to be honest, I think the show, the the downfall of the show began sort of about where Maud died. I think the way they handled Maud's death was terrible. I don't think they did a very good job of it at all. And we yeah. did the review, and a lot of people were saying, "Oh, you were too negative about it." Well, you watch that episode and try and tell me they handled that well. <laughs> they find didn't. anything positive. It's not. It's it's like you get Mo. Crack, uh, telling you know uh, Flanders at his at Maud's wake you know how much he wanted to have sex with her and all this, and it's just a bad episode. That's mm. where you should be pointing out the downfall of the show, not this one. This one is really funny. It's it's really really good. I think yeah, it does not deserve the bad rap that it, that it gets quite often. It's just it's no, it's it's a good episode. Look honestly, I think ten. Um, as much as we've spoken with Mike Scully and I really love Mike Scully. His probably beginning of being showrunner is not great. Like, like I said, nine is not as good as what had come before it. But in the same way that Seinfeld season eight and nine weren't as good as the first seven, like it, it was still good. It was still enjoyable. It was just slightly different, and it was not quite as fresh as it had always been. But I think ten is where it really starts to, with a few small exceptions, ten starts to really get some middle-of-the-road episodes. Well, I'm, lo- I'm looking through season 10 here, and there's only one episode in the entire season that I actually dislike, that I actually, whenever it's on, I will turn it off. Every other mm-hmm. episode, I quite like, I quite enjoy. And the one I don't like is Simpsons Bible Stories. That may be because I'm just not a religious man. I don't really, you know, appreciate the parodies that they're going for there. I just find that episode mind-numbing. I just, didn't, I just never really enjoyed it. Um, but every other episode in season ten, I thoroughly enjoy. I don't. I think season eleven is where the show really sort of started to change quite a bit. Not season nine. I, that's just completely wrong, in my opinion. Yeah, no, it's definitely not nine. Like I said, nine is the first step down from the peak. 
But yes. it's still... But it's not like the, oh, geez, it went to shit in season nine. That absolutely did not happen. What did we learn, Palmer? What did you learn from the episode, Mitch? Uh, I learned that it's surprisingly easy to convince an old woman that you're related to her. That's true. I've learned that for too long, for too long, Nicola and I, we've been wasting, just wasting Friday night after Friday night, spending quality time with friends and family. What we should be doing is silhouette night. So from this day forward... Friday night at the Dano household is silhouette night. You could draw silhouettes of all of the unop- uh, unfinished Pepsis. <laughs> Javale! Javale is here! Ooh. Mailbag time. We've been going for quite a while, but this episode yeah. deserved it. It's a very iconic it episode for more reasons than one. But uh, 100%. So- but this will be a quick mailbag because, as I mentioned, it is indeed my mother's birthday. It's 10 p.m. Oh, and shit. I is it really? Really need to give her a phone Oh, call. all right then. Okay. One question. Do it. Um, Piers Eakland I hope I've got that right Piers uh, First time listener Sorry long time listener First time caller Just wanted to say by starting That he's a big fan of the podcast It's made him think about the cartoons He's loved growing up in an all new way His question And he specifically wanted this For Principal and the Pauper uh, Do you th- ever think that they will change Aspects of the show To make the timeline make more sense For example I mean, and off the back of the fact that The Simpsons was just renewed for another two years, do you think that they should update, or he said will, but let's go, should they update Skinner from being a Vietnam veteran to perhaps a Vietnam, uh, veteran of the Gulf War or Afghanistan, similar to how they did for Marvel's Punisher? Which No, because that does change things. That does change things too much, because that would make mm. all the old stories he's told about Vietnam r- wrong, not true. Yeah, true. No, that... That's a fair point, but there will come a time where you're like, this guy can't possibly have been in Nam. Like, it, it's a it's it's a weird little time loop that they've got themselves into that because they include modern technology like cell phones and stuff why, like that. Why couldn't he have been? When, when was Vietnam? 60... Like what, I said, it ended what? in 1975. That, well, then why couldn't he have been in, in Vietnam? Uh, because, so... Let's go. He was, he was like mid to late forties when in the in the nineties. So he was twenty in the war. What's how's that wrong? It means he'd be sixty four now. Now, I, so you, okay. So you're trying to say like the show is now set in twenty nineteen? Is that what you're trying Correct. to say? Correct. Okay. Yeah. So like obviously the Simpsons doesn't have an actual set date, but but yeah, like as it goes on and that war becomes further and further in the past, it should mean that Skinner should be an older and older person. I. No, just personal. Personally, I say no, but it wouldn't yep. bother me if they did. You know, like I, I, I do. I agree with you that like it, it would mean it would be too jarring if you watched a new episode and then watched a replay of an older one. And if they were doing that for him, then suddenly the flying hellfish has to be in the Korean War. Yeah, it, like that. Yeah, there's there's certain things you just need to leave hanging where they are. His second question. He's uh, Piers is from Vancouver, by the way, but he's planning on spending six months in Australia starting from this September. What should he prepare the most for as far as culture shocks? Uh, very little to no ice hockey. That would be my first one. Yeah, no one gives a shit about ice hockey here. There's a small subset. Not, 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 no, some... not no one, but it's a, it's a, yeah. very, it's a minority for damn yeah. sure. Yeah. Um, uh, the No tipping? Yeah. Do you tip in Canada? I would assume so. Surely America... Uh, uh, maybe not. I'm not sure. I've never actually been to Canada, so I don't know. I only bought a coffee there. Oh, I don't know. Canada, Canada, 
Canada's standard tipping is similar to America's. Yep, there we go. So, no tipping. Um, we have both maple syrup and maple syrup, like kind of fake maple syrup. So, if you're buying some syrup when you're in Australia, make sure you get it from the glass jar and look for something with your nation's flag on it. Uh, less bears. Yeah, less moose. Less moose. Far less moose. Um, less confusion. Well, actually, be prepared for the fact that a lot of people will think you're American. Yes, that is true. And don't, don't be offended by it. No, a lot of Australians... I think that's a worldwide thing, but I, I, yeah, a lot of people have a bad ear for the Canadian accent. Um, and Okay, last thing before we get out, just because we were talking about it last week, Andrew Kelly wrote in with uh, hitchhiking stories on the subject Ooh. of hitchhiking from this week's bonus episode. Uh, where what When were we talking about hitchhiking? What, um, what was that in? Homer's Thumb, Trilogy of Error. Trilogy of Error, that's right, from the exclusive patron's feed. He used to live in North Kilt Town, brackets Inverness. There was I'm always from North Kilt Town. There was always tourists in the summer from all over the place. Public transport was terrible and getting to all the main landmarks was a bit of a pain. So, you'd see the old hitchhiker looking to go to Loch Ness or to the next town over. Um, Andrew would always try to help them out. Now, he sent through a photo of the vehicle that he was driving at the time. Mm. He said that he could always detect a note of apprehension after I stopped for them. Probably they knew that they'd end up pushing it for the last few miles. I don't know if it's worse than driving around shirtless at 3am, but I'll let you be the judge. For people that aren't listening to the Patreon feed, I'm not going to explain that comment. But his car looks like something straight from Mad Max. So, it's got front bumper completely missing. It looks to me like it has been resprayed on the bonnet with a different colour. And it has the skull and horns of... Uh, it's not quite a deer, but it's like a deer just hanging off the front. It's like <laughs> something from Mad Max. <laughs> yeah, it does. Like I would not get into it. Oh, I don't know. Maybe I would, but I'd be apprehensive about getting into a car that looked like that. <laughs> I reckon a few drinks in, you get into a new ones. Uh, that's how I met my wife. What? <laughs> oh, we need to end quickly. <laughs> <laughs> Alrighty, guys. Uh, thanks for listening to our view of the principal and the pauper. I'm really interested to hear your thoughts. I know we asked during the week, and I'm really interested to hear your thoughts after hearing what we had to say about it. Where, whether you thought negatively, and now you're thinking, "Oh, wait a minute. I guess it's not as bad as I thought." And actually, it's pretty entertaining. Um, that's that's how I am now. I would put it. I'd almost consider it as one of my favorites now. It's it's really mm. really enjoyable. Uh, don't forget, like Mitch said, we've got the trivia coming up on March 20th at the Spotted Mallard. In Melbourne, tickets are available on Mosh Ticks. Just search for Finger Discount or just head to our Facebook page and it's the pinned post at the top to get linked to the tickets. Uh, we've sold well over half the tickets sold now. It's, it's going to sell out. I'm pretty proud of that fact. I'm pretty... So, I think it's safe to say it's going to sell out, isn't it, Mitch? Oh, yeah, it 100% will sell yeah, out. It's, it's going to, it's going to be yeah. so much fun. Like we said, Briggs is going to be there. We're going to be doing the podcast, live podcast with Briggs. Uh, if you are planning on coming... Come for the podcast as well. Don't just come for the trivia. Um, I'm assuming if you listen to this podcast, you probably want to come for the live podcast as well. But like we also said, we're going to have Bodes there, the guy that loves to play Simpsons live covers. There's going to be some great sing-alongs on the way. Great Simpsons prizes, Simpsons-themed food and drinks menu. It's going to be a hell of a time. Yeah, it really is going to be a lot of fun. I'm looking forward to this more than anything else on the 20th of March. Um, yes. <laughs> that, yeah, no, that's, that's pretty much it. Sentiments agreed with. Uh, next week, we're going to be reviewing Lisa's sax. Can you remember this one, Mitch? Uh, saxophone, yes. 
most of season nine I really enjoy. I'm, I I'm remember really, Lisa Sachs being a very sweet Homer episode. Yeah, it is. It's 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 it is good. Uh, we won't spoil too much for those who can't remember what happens in the episode. But anyway, it's going to be a good one. Mitch, any final words for the listeners? Up yours, listeners. Shh.